Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Mula po sa Quezon City, ako si Robbie Alampay, Puma Podcast. The Mobile Number Portability Act has been signed into law by President Duterte. You can now hold on to your cell phone number for life. We'll discuss the other things you can do with this law. Dengvaxia is officially banned in the country for now. The Philippine Food and Drug Authority has revoked the vaccine's registration but not mainly for the reason many would think. Days ahead of a Vatican summit on the protection of minors against sexual abuse in the church, the vice president of the Catholic Bishops' Conference of the Philippines has this to say to victims. Do not be silent. Women's rights advocates want Apple and Google to remove a mobile app that lets Saudi men track their wives' and daughters' travels. We talk about the Absher app and why it is so controversial. Yan pong headlines. I'm Robbie Alampay, Puma Podcast. President Duterte signed the Mobile Number Portability Act, which allows users to keep their mobile numbers even after switching service providers or subscription plans. Here to tell us about the implications of the new law is our correspondent, Hali Fernando. Hali, what does the Mobile Number Portability Act mean for you and me and other consumers? Robbie, the new law affects us consumers in a lot of ways. Anyone who has ever tried to change numbers knows it's a hassle. The law makes it easier to maintain a mobile identity and consumers are promised quick service if we want to switch providers or plants. For example, the entire process of porting a number from one service provider to another will be under 48 hours. Changing the subscription type, on the other hand, say from postpaid to prepaid and vice versa, will take no more than 24 hours. Does this cost us anything and what does it mean in terms of cost for all of us? Keeping your old number will be free of charge. The new law will also remove fees charged to subscribers when making calls and texts to other networks. So let's say you are a smart subscriber. Your provider cannot charge you extra for calls and texts you make to Globe numbers. For consumers, this means being able to choose service providers based on quality, price, and other relevant considerations, and not having to worry about the hassle of changing numbers. Now, on the other side of it, on the supply side, what does this mean for the two telcos, or for that matter, the three telcos? For the service providers, this means tighter competition. There's a real incentive to provide consumers with the best overall quality. Hopefully, that means more technological innovation, an increase in quality products and services, and more competitive prices. So far, mukhang panalo ang consumers. Is there anything else that we need to understand? There are still a few details that need to be ironed out before the law is enacted. For example, we still don't know how consumers will go about registering a number under their name before it can be ported to another service provider. 
Telcos also have their own conditions like the usual two-year contract for postpaid customers, which will also have to be considered. The laws implementing rules and regulations will be drafted by the NTC and other concerned agencies. Okay, so the big question, when does the law take effect? When does this all happen? Because we have a lot of listeners that actually want to switch telcos right now. The law was signed by President Duterte on February 8 and was released to media yesterday, February 19. We can expect the law to take effect in around 15 days. Maraming salamat, Hali Fernando. The controversial anti-dengue vaccine, Dengvaxa, is now banned in the Philippines. The Food and Drug Authority revoked its Certificate of Product Registration. They said Sanofi, Dengvaxa's manufacturer, has not submitted its post-approval documents despite multiple prods from the FDA. What are post-approval documents? Our correspondent, Janina Magundayo, is here with the details. Okay, so tell us, what are post-approval commitment documents? Robbie, a draft FDA circular lists post-approval documents as reports from doctors and importers of the drug in question. These reports document the clinical experience of the drug, ano ba yung intended effect ng drug or ng bakuna, at ano ba yung naging actual result ng ginamit na. Ilan ba ang request na dosages ng bakuna at ilan ang mga pasyenteng nakakuha ng bakuna. Additional details about the product are also part of this report. Things like the name and the address of the manufacturer, and the batch or lot number of the dosages in question. Ito most likely yung mga documents na hindi nasubmit ng Sanofi sa FDA, kaya na-revoke yung Certificate of Registration ng Dengvaxia sa Pilipinas. So, to be clear, this is not about safety. This is not about the whole controversy about Dengvaxia being harmful to people who never had dengue. Mm, there's no mention of that in the strongly worded statement from the FDA. Director General Nela Charade Puno said that Sanofi was brazenly defying the agency's directives to submit these documents. FDA is imposing a maximum penalty of revocation on Sanofi for this, so it's really just a technicality. But siyempre, considering the nature of these documents, these are reports on Dengbaksha's supposed effects on the patients that received them. Some parties can definitely make that connection na, oo nga, baka nga connected to sa safety and effectivity ng drug, di ba? Or ng bakuna. Pero let's be clear that the FDA did not mention that in the decision. Sanofi, for its part, they told Philstar.com that they have been submitting post-approval documents naman, so they're appealing the FDA decision. Okay, so bottom line, what does this mean for Filipinos? It just means that the sale, distribution, importation of Dengvaxia in the Philippines is now illegal. Most people won't feel this development now though since Dengvaxia's registration has been suspended for about a year now. Even its distribution has been stopped na rin as per order of the FDA. What we haven't seen yet is how this new development might add fuel to the vaccine scare already going around in the country. In the first two months of 2019 alone, cases of dengue in the Philippines are already up 48% compared to last year. Most parents are scared of getting their kids vaccinated now because of this, and that is the more serious problem. Maraming salamat, Janina Magundayo. Pope Francis will gather church leaders from all over the world starting tomorrow for a summit on sexual abuse. The focus, transparency, accountability, and especially the protection of minors against abuse in the church. Ahead of that, the Vice President of the Catholic Bishops' Conference of the Philippines, or the CBCP, is telling victims, speak out, do not be silent. Here is Caloacan Bishop Pablo David in an interview with church-run 
Radio Veritas. Kuminsan kasi may mali din yung ating the, the culture of silence. Eh. Mm-hmm. Yung nga sinasabi mo na nakakahiya, yung stigma, yung ganun. Parang kuminsan yung taong naabuso, eh, parang nadodobli pa yung kanyang aggravation dahil uh, nahihiya na akala mo, eh, ikaw na nga yung biktima tapos ikaw pa yung mahihiya. Parang ganun, no? Na dapat in reality, you should find people who would be willing to um, to help you address the issue. Uh, kaya ang mga laiko, dapat may access sa mga obispo, mga superiors, kung kailangan talagang may itama sa behavior ng ating kaparian. Now, as this was happening, here's a case in point. The victims of Father Kenneth Pius Hendricks in Biliran Province, whose victims were reportedly afraid to report him, because he had threatened them. The American priest was arrested twice, once just last Tuesday and another time back in December. The priest had been accused of sexually abusing more than 50 boys, many of them sacristans, some as young as 7 years old. Hendricks had arrived in the Philippines over 50 years ago. It is in cases like this that the Catholic Church leadership in the world and in the Philippines are now encouraging people to speak out. Apple and Google are being asked to take down the Absure app from their app stores. Absure is an app by the Saudi government that allows users to avail of services like getting a passport or registering their cars. But it also reportedly allows men to log in details of the women under their guardianship. That includes their wives, their daughters, sisters, or even their mothers. They are also allowed to log and register these women's passports complete with passport information and when and where these women are allowed to travel, if at all. A male guardianship system is still in place in Saudi Arabia. Human Rights Watch puts it simply, in Saudi Arabia, a woman's life is controlled by a man from birth to death. Women require male guardian permission to get a passport or to travel abroad. Employers can require male guardian permission for women to work. Hospitals can require male guardian permissions for women to receive health care. And women who attempt to leave abusive guardians can be arrested, return to their families, or face charges of disobedience. Here is Manal Al-Sharif giving a TED Talk in 2013. She is fighting for Saudi women's rights to drive and for Saudi women's rights in general. This system is based on ultra-conservative traditions and customs, deal with women as they are inferior, and they need a guardian to protect them. So they need to take permission from this guardian, whether verbal or written, all their lives, we're minors until the day we die. And it becomes worse when it's enshrined in religious fatwas based on wrong interpretation of the Sharia law or the religious laws. What's worst, when they become codified as laws in the system, and when women themselves believe in their inferiority, and they even fight those who try to question these rules. Against this backdrop, the Absure app, available on Apple and Google stores, allow males in Saudi Arabia to track women under their guardianship. And so the petition for Apple and Google to ban the app. Before we let you go, here are some things you need to know. Expect heavier traffic in Ortiga Center until the end of February. 
The city of Pasig is restoring roads in the business district. This week, they are working on the Garnet Topaz intersection. Next week, it will be the Sapphire Road and J Drive they are fixing. Roadworks are from 9 to 5 p.m. every day. So take alternate routes if you have them. The dry run for the NLEX Harbor Link starts today. No less than Public Works Secretary Mark Villar and officials of NLEX will do a test run before the link opens to the public soon. They promise a 10-minute ride from the port area in Manila all the way to NLEX and the new road will be open to all vehicles, heavy trucks and even small cars. The Philippines' first full-length opera returns to the stage based on Jose Rizal's novel and created back in the 50s by national artists Guillermo Tolentino and Felipe de Leon, No Limitangere. The opera has a limited run at the CCP, March 8 to 10. Get your tickets now! And that's today's edition of Puma Podcast. For the latest episode, subscribe on Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Maraming salamat po.